What's going on, guys? Episode three, um, Attack of the Clones, um, with David Jacob here, uh, stand-up sales. So last week, we signed up for free demos with three of the major SaaS companies, with HubSpot, with Outreach.io, and Gong.io. So a quick recap of what's going on today. We also got some, some great information in regards to qualifying inbound leads and not just being a note taker and actually being a salesperson um, on inbound leads. Yeah. So a little bit of a recap on what happened last week. So we signed up for all of the, all of the demos uh, and the assumption was if they were, you know, following a solid sales process that within five minutes of signing up, we would get a cold call. Uh, we would get someone on the phone saying, Hey, I saw you signed up. What's the deal? What are you looking for? Qualifying us to see if we actually fit their, their ICP and then driving us to book a meeting. And how did that go? Yeah, none of them did any of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, none of that happened. Zero percent of that happened. We did get. I did. I have been getting cold calls this past week. So credit where credit is due. How um, many and by whom? That's the big question in my mind. So Gong and Outreach are the only people to call. HubSpot has not called. HubSpot has only sent one email and no follow-ups. Just one one email, and the email was like, "Here's my calendar link. Book a demo." Um, so just, just, before, just before we get off that really quickly, do you think that that's an Enron problem? Like they're just too big to fail and they're like, eh, book it, don't book it. I'm going to fuck. It is what it is. If you do, you do. If you don't, I don't care enough. Yeah. I would say it's a little bit of both. I think it's like, they don't really need like a 10 license account or they don't have their prioritization of leads is different yeah. categorically. Like their sales team is incentivized for larger deals. They have to quota. They have the hit numbers, they have to, you know, they have shareholders, right? Um, so, but that being said, there should be automated nurtures for a littler fish, such as myself, yourself, mm -hmm. probably also listening on this call. Um, but there should be some way of nurturing through automation, right? Yeah. Here's a blog post, here's another email, yeah. just like nurture. So there's none of that, which is crazy because HubSpot literally is that's, that's their, their entire business, right? <laughs> their entire business is, is nurturing and marketing. Um, so a little weird. Um, but that being said, outreach has called the most. Okay. That's, but they have yeah. left multiple voicemails. Oh, so they're just calling and hoping for the best. And if you're there, then you'll you'll get it. If you're not, we've left your voicemail, so I've done the job. Yeah, they left voicemails, which inherently makes me not want to pick up the Washington number now. As soon as you see a number from Washington, just as soon as I way. see a number from Washington, I'm like, eh, this is a outreach guy calling me. Interesting. Um, so I'm the worst prospect. I'm trying to be the one of the worst prospects in this situation, guys. I don't go salespeople on purpose. I think it's bad karma as salespeople. Um, treat others as you want to be treated in the sales process, right? No one hates a ghost more than anything else. Yep. Um, but that being said, don't leave voicemails because now I know your number and I will avoid you. Um, but I did talk to Gong. She got me on a local presence dial. So that worked. Yeah. Um, when I picked up, um, I heard my own echo, which was strange. I was like, Ooh, hello, hello. Software. Yeah, it was a bad connection. So I was like, what the fuck is this? Um, and then she's like, hi, this is whatever from Gong. And I was like, hi, yeah, what's going on? And she's like, yeah, I just wanted to set up that demo. So she assumed it, which okay. like, not, I'm not averse to that. It's, it's, it's not, it's, it's a little pushy, but 
Yeah, it's a little pushy, and I understand that they probably get a shit ton of these. Yeah. And like we said, like they're big, they they walk around like their shit doesn't stink. So I understand that, but at the same time, as a buyer, I should be treated the same in accordance to my want to use and pay, give you money, right? So um, that's like the big topic of today's call is don't be, don't be like that. <laughs> like, don't just treat an inbound differently than you would like a cold call with somebody. Like you never call up someone out of the blue and be like, hey, Johnny, I just wanted to set up that demo with our software. Um, like, no, that is, that's not how it works. So don't treat an inbound lead differently. Um, like actually ask why I signed up. Yeah. We should understand more. And then when I said, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm on vacation. She's like, okay, great. Um, I was like, yeah, let's follow, follow me next week. She goes, great. Let's put something on the calendar. And I was like, nope, don't want anything blocked off. And she was like, uh, um, okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> So just folded immediately. Folded. Yeah, one objection. Oh, lawn chair. That is terrible. But because why would I block something off just for you to call me again? Interesting. Like, actually qualify me for the demo. Like, why would you even want to put this on your AE's calendar, your closer's calendar? Ah, okay. So then let's, let, let's say she did qualify you. Right. So there was a qualification element and we'll get into how yeah. to do that in a, in, in, in a minute. If she went through at least a basic qualification, you would have booked the AE school. Yeah. If she actually did told me why I need to be on the call. Ah, so because it was a worthless call in your mind, there was no value yeah. in getting on it. Yeah. When that call came up, like I'm busy. Yeah. If I see a call with gong, like what was that again? Uh, it wasn't that important. All right, let me just cancel it, reschedule it, or just not even show up, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the worst thing is, salespeople don't even realize this, is like, if you blocked off 1130 on a Monday, that's a that's a space that's unavailable for an actual sales call. Yeah. So it's disadvantageous for me as a salesperson and a business owner to have blocks on my counter that are worthless. Um, so actually, considering that you were on vacation, yeah. At the point in which you hear that as a as an objection when you're on one of these calls, do you immediately go, oh, no sweat. Is there a more convenient time I can call you? When are you back? Why don't I give you a call then? I don't want to interrupt you. Or do you just push forward and keep going? Because my gut instinct would be like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were on vacation. Let me call you back next week and we'll, we'll, we'll have a proper chat. Never. So the chances that she's going to give you back on the phone is probably 0%. Fine. Um, so use your... Attempt. Use the attempt. You've, you've, you've got them on the phone now. Take, take the bull by the horns. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and I picked up the phone. So inherently I wasn't you know, that too, busy. Yeah, I wasn't like, I wasn't in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner. Like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm not, yeah, exactly. If someone's picking up the phone, they're able to talk because they picked up the phone. So like, don't be afraid of that. Plus, I signed up in that situation for them to call me. Mm -hmm. I opted into their communications, whether by email, text, or phone call. Makes sense. I picked up the phone. I didn't hang up immediately when you said gong. Yeah. So, like, the assumptions there that, that push the bubble. Do you do you find that a lot when you're training SDRs that their first instinct is to do exactly what I did and be like, "Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, bye bye." Yeah, because I'm I'm not. I, I haven't done a ton of cold calling. I, I've done a, a little bit, but I've not done anywhere close to the amount that you have working in a, in a BDP SaaS. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of, you got to understand that you are deserving of their time. Gotcha. Like 
don't fold like you said, like a cheap suit, right? Um, like being the authoritative figure, like we are a major SaaS company. We provide a very unique service. There's only one other true competitor in our space. Mm-hmm. You signed up to talk to me, so I'm going to do my job. I'm going to talk to you. But she didn't do that. She didn't. She didn't like qualify me. Because yep. if she asked me an actual question, like, hey, I saw you, I saw you sign up for a demo of Gong. Just curious, you know, what piqued your interest to sign up? That's all you have to do. It's literally the simplest question of all time. And I will literally tell you why I signed up, and then we can take the conversation from there. Okay. That makes sense. Fine. So then the, the, the big conversation right now has been all about qualification, right? Yeah. And there's a difference between qualification on like a pure discovery call versus qualification on a cold call. So why don't, I guess you talk about your understanding of qualifying on a, on a, on a cold call, and then I can go the other way and talk about it on a pure disco call. Yeah. So I learned BANT method, budget, authority, need, and timeline, which is pretty standard across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, but as an inbound SDR, I had to get three of those four to even book the call like on so it instilled like qualification 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 because if i booked a call and the closer or the ae listened to it and there's like yeah there's really not a need or timeline here so i'm just going to cancel this (laughs) and obviously we were yeah and we were only we only got um credit if it wasn't actual attended yeah yeah, that's cool no 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 sales opportunity so they could have an attendant call they could have an hour-long demo but if there wasn't like actual Movement. sales buying, it was didn't, didn't count. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. So when I talk to business owners that are getting SDRs, like you need to have their skin in the game to your skin. Because yeah. if yeah. you're not going to pay them on a lead that's not going to move down your pipeline. So yeah. when they know that, they're more bought into the qualification on that cold call. And that's where we use BANT. So budget, right? They have budget set aside, they have enough revenue um, Mm -hmm. for what you're selling. And then A is authority, they can actually make the decision and sign on the dotted line. Um, Need, they actually have a need for what you're selling, right? It's not a nice to have, it's a need to have. And then timeline, that's really depending on the business, right? Like what is your sales cycles? Like if you have a one call close, like someone who's a month out could not fit your timeline, right? Would be bad to put that in the pipeline. other people, it's like, you know, 90 days, six months could even still be timeline. Um, so those are the four. And then you need three of those four. Um, I usually think that budget, authority and need are the biggest ones because yeah. you could always sell yourself into timeline if they have those other three. Gotcha. Yeah. So budget's obviously the sticky one, right? So like oftentimes people are a little bit coy with how much budget they have. And they're like, oh, you know, it, it, it depends on what you're offering, right? So how do you effectively get an understanding of budget? Are you looking for a monetary figure? Are you looking just for the propensity to spend? Like what's the deal here? Yeah. So when you're selling for like a, an actual corporation, like an actual company with an org chart, mm-hmm. like they have budgets per month Pre-plan. or per quarter or per year dedicated to specific things, whether that's marketing tools, whether that's headcount, whether that's, you know, payroll, whatever it is, right? They have yeah. budget allocated or a large business. So ask that, right? Like, like, what is your budget looking like for the end of the year, right? Like right now, this time is when budgets have to be spent. So next year they can actually have that same budget, same right? Budget. If they don't have it, 
I'm sure everyone watched The Office, right? When they talk about a surplus and Michael yep. Scott, he doesn't understand it and they have to buy the copier of the chairs. Um, same thing for your business, right? Like they need to spend specific budgets. Um, if you're not dealing with a corporation, if you're dealing with like a, a person or a small entity, um, just understand like what they make on a monthly basis and what their lifetime value of a customer is and how you can relate to that. Yep. And then you can position like, are you willing to spend 5K to make 50K? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I do budget. Do you do it differently? No. So mine is mine is very similar. Um, so it's you know honestly, first maybe three or four questions on a discovery call is how much is the business doing a month, right? So on average, am I dealing with massive corporations? Absolutely not. Like the most of our clients sit within the you know sixty to a hundred k a month mark, right? So they're not teeny tiny businesses, but they're not massive businesses either. And most people at that level, yeah, most people are comfortable at that range, kind of telling you how much they make, right? Oftentimes you get people who like to think they do a lot more than that or have done a lot more than that historically and who don't do that now that are like, oh, I don't discuss my the economics of my business with people outside of the business. It's like, okay, well, I can just get off this call now if you're going to continue like this because I don't particularly want to deal with this and I know that you don't want to have this conversation. So let's just finish this here, right? Um, but... I think the big thing from me when I'm trying to deal with budget, oftentimes it comes down to propensity to pay. Financial ability to pay is really like you delving into needs and problems deep enough that they can really and truly, most businesses can find budget, right? They can see the ROI and they actually know that this is going to solve a problem that they have. They can find the budget for most services, right? If you, if you, cost them yeah. a million pounds a year and they call. don't make yeah exactly right they they, they clearly have the budget they just don't want to part with it because fundamentally most businesses want to conserve cash and that makes sense yeah the big question from me is the propensity to spend so have you have you taken on an initiative like this in the past yes we have okay so you've spent money on this service before yes we have Okay, have you done anything else in order to improve said current situation that maybe was a little bit different to this? Oh, not really. This is the first time we've ever looked into it. Okay, at that point, financial qualification becomes way more blunt and abrasive. Okay, so really and truly, is this a problem that you want to solve? Or is this something that you're kind of exploring just under the maybe hope that something's cheap and does exactly what you want for 30 quid a month? Oh, yeah. Like, we're just kind of looking around. Okay, cool. When you're done looking around, come back to us and then we'll have a conversation because I'm not going to have this. Well, I'm going to do this now. Do this after you've done shopping around the market because I'm not the one you want to shop around. Yeah. 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 That's having the authority. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's disadvantageous to like all company resources and their own time. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Because why would you waste the pitch, put someone in a pipeline, create a follow up task? spend the money for that lead yeah yeah 100 and like i i have the the rep as like the very mean disqualifier like i'm not here to like listen to prospects bullshit but i'm not because it's time out of my day right i have an ever-growing list of tasks that needs to be done every day and if i can save 10 minutes out of a 50-minute follow-up call by being a bit abrasive at the start and being like do you want to spend money on this do you have the budget Blah, blah 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 Yeah. Yes, then I can I can get take back that ten minutes and probably get two or three tasks done over the course of the day, just by Absolutely. chunking off my time. So yeah, hundred percent. Very aggressive. Very aggressive on on budget. Financial is is a big qualifier. Huge qualifier. Yeah, because a lot of people like the idea of the things that you do. Mm-hmm. That's why you have a good offer, or hopefully yep. you have a good offer. People are going to want to buy it, right? Like 
I don't think I've ever gotten a phone call for Army of Revenue, pitch what we do, and someone's like, mm, nah, that sounds pretty terrible. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that sounds like a terrible idea. I don't, I don't think <laughs> I ever want to do that. Like, that's not what, so like, when you're a sales person, like, you want to be like, oh, everyone wants to buy it. Everyone, yeah. every, no, like, you got to super disqualify the better your offer is because the, people will want to work with you, but the, if they can is the big question. The funniest, the, the funniest self-disqualification uh, we've ever got at the agency. So we, we emailed uh, like an investor who invests in like basically B2B marketing, uh, like startups slash yeah. companies. Um, and I was like, I saw it and I was like, oh, interesting. Okay, they have a portfolio of companies. If we can get into one and prove the model works, we can probably get into the rest of them. Let me have yeah. a look at the website and actually, instead of just giving my kind of like standard template answer, let me do a little bit of research and kind of reply back. And I replied back and I picked the weakest company in the portfolio. The messenger and I was like, oh, blah, 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 blah. This is what we do. This is how uh, I think this would benefit this company. And she was like, you know what? You've picked the company that is the lagging one. You clearly know what you're talking about. All right, let's let's have a conversation. If I yeah. think it's it's worthwhile, I'll introduce you to founders. And I was like, cool. We got on the phone, explained the offer. She was like, kind of went through all the pain points, blah 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 blah. And she was like, you guys have carved out a really interesting niche. I've not heard anyone else that does this. This is really smart. So I want to say well done first of all. However, this is all of the work that I already all, like ordinarily do as an investor and an, as an advisor for these companies. So me making them pay for you when I could do it for free is basically me just burning my own investment. So I can't in good conscience say yes to this, yeah. but go do it for everyone else. Cause this is brilliant. Do this. This is a great niche for you to have carved yeah. out and for you to the service you be doing, but I can't implement it in this business because I already am meant to be doing this for them. Yeah. That comes oh, up yeah. actually a lot. Yeah in like services-based businesses is like a lot of people miss target, right? Like we have clients that they reach out to people who they're really like threatening from a job duties and responsibilities. I'm like, these people are never going to respond to you yeah, because you're, you're threatening their, <laughs> their, their job, yeah, like go above that person. Right. Um, and like, that's funny that you said that because she could actually be a great referral partner. You'd be yeah. like, Hey, you're like, I have a full docket. Like, you know what we do refer us mm -hmm. yeah but yeah anyway it's it's interesting that you mentioned bant right because bant is the one that it probably gets the most noise made around it it's the kind of the golden the the, the golden compass of of sales system methodologies right yeah. so question for you how familiar are you with other sales methodologies because i've got a list of 12 in front of me <laughs> how many do you think you know because i know surprisingly a fair amount of these some of them are completely foreign but i know a fair amount of these i'd probably say a little under half i've heard of or am like innately familiar with okay i mean i don't know all the acronyms but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure if you tell me about them it yeah. makes a lot of sense okay um yeah just roll, gut instinct roll, roll, roll. I like okay so spin selling no no okay so. spin selling like foundational sales method if you never like read this really genuinely good um okay. uh, so i'm i'm teaching some of the guys in client ascension this like as part of like the very long like sales uh coaching calls spin selling is super useful it was originally developed in like the 1980s by neil rackham uh to like sell big like manufacturing machinery stuff basically the logic is there are four types of questions that you should be asking on a sales call so situational questions is like tell me about the company Tell me about how many people are in the organization. What is what is your job role? What do you do? That kind of stuff, right? Most yeah. of that stuff, you should be able to use the internet to find out how much revenue you're making a year, yada, 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 all the rest of it. Uh, 
problem questions are basically like tell me like why this is an issue da, 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 da. classic like pain point discovery questions then implication questions are like okay what happens if this doesn't get solved if you didn't do this blah 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 blah, blah. yeah and then you've got need payoff questions which are like why is this a benefit if this gets solved what would you be able to do if you could do this instead of that right so combining that into a sales process actually makes most people fairly good at sales oh yeah those are those are like those are the same types of questions that yeah. you know I'm, i just didn't know i had an acronym yeah exactly that um yeah okay so neat sellers that's great I, though that's exactly how sales calls should be yeah 100 and this is the same methodology that's been now used for the best part of like 45 years right yeah if you use the specifics, does it get a little bit iffy because, you know, selling manufacturing versus selling SaaS, different problems, yada, yada. But like conceptually, logic wise, makes complete sense. Yeah, implication is a huge, yeah. huge question. That is, that is the one big thing. So I review a lot of sales calls, kind of like at least I would say I review probably between 10 and 15 sales calls minimum a week. And the one big problem that I see at least 80% of people not doing enough of until we kind of take them through sales psychology is not asking implication questions. Yeah. Single biggest limiting factor in people's sales processes is a lack of implication questions. hundred percent. Yeah. Like what happens if we don't address this issue yeah. right now? That's the best way to overcome time. hundred percent. Oh, let's, let's kick this till next year. Like, okay, great. We could definitely do that. But what is the implication of doing that? You know? mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So neat selling. I feel like I've heard that. Okay, so I haven't heard this, right? So this is developed by the Harris Consulting Group and Sales Hacker, was designed to replace standbys like Bant and Anum. You ever heard of Anum? No. Anum is apparently authority, need, urgency, and money. So the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> in, a different, in, in different letters and in a different order, whatever. Uh, so the N stands for uh, core needs, uh, go deeply on challenges, yada, yada, yada. Uh, e is economic impact, A is authority, and T is timeline. So it's it's banned with a different layer. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, all right. Conceptual selling system. That's why I like ban. It's just painfully simple. Yeah. Like economic need. Like just say need. <laughs> um, all right. Conceptual selling system. Conceptual selling is founded on the idea that customers don't buy a product or a service. They buy the concept of a solution the offering represents. Absolutely. Uh, they urge salespeople not to lead with a pitch. Rather, they encourage salespeople to uncover the prospect's concept of their product and understand the decision process. So uh, ask five types of questions. That, it lost me a little bit on that wording, but that's yeah. exactly how I sell. So confirmation questions, reaffirm information, new information questions, clarify the prospect's concept of this product or service, attitude questions, seek to understand a prospect personally and discover their connection to the project, commitment questions, inquire after the prospect's investment in the project, and basic issue questions raise potential problems. Um, what was that called? Basic Me? issue, uh, it's called conceptual selling system. Okay, I'd probably say I align pretty well Most with that. that. Okay, yeah. next one, snap selling. Well, these aren't really so much qualifications. These are more these are frameworks, frameworks to sell. Frameworks to sell, yeah. I'm, I'm actually yeah, kind of... not, I wouldn't say Bant's a framework to sell. I, I would say Bant is qualification. Yeah, it's a way to qualify somebody and make sure they're a genuine opportunity for your business, yeah. Interesting. Uh, 
Okay, so then the rest of them kind of fall even closer to the sales frameworks versus qualifications. Yeah. Uh, so snap selling, this, this is kind of stupid. Keep it simple, be invaluable, always align, raise priorities like that. I'm just ignoring that. Um, oh, that sounds like a LinkedIn post. <laughs> yeah, it does sound <laughs> like a LinkedIn post. Uh, you ever heard of the challenger sale? Oh, great book. Yeah, great book. Um, so teach, tailor, take control. Yeah. Kind of outdated now, probably about 15 years old, but still incredibly useful. Yeah, challenge. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, um, okay, Sandler Selling Script. Uh, the Sandler Selling System. You heard the, of gong, the gong rep should have read the challenge herself. <laughs> I really hope she keeps calling you just intermittently <laughs> over the next couple of days to just try and get you on that second call. Um, Okay, so Sandler sales, building mutual trust, uh, rep accident advisor, ask questions to identify challenges in the qualification process, objections such as time or budget constraints often derail, uh, raise and assess the majority of ob obstacles in the qualification process. Uh... So I guess my question to you is, is there's a lot of frameworks. What is your yeah. go-to? I... You have the David Jacob framework and no one knows about it. It, it is kind of the David Jacob framework. I can't lie to you. Um, so the ideal solution in my mind is is the vast majority of the sale is going to happen on the first call, right? Sure. So in my mind, the goal is disqualify everyone who doesn't fit perfectly immediately. Simply yeah. by virtue of, I don't want to waste time on second yeah. calls. If I can bin you off in the first 10 minutes, great. That means I've saved 45 minutes in a week or in three days or whatever it is on a demo, yeah. right? So if we can whittle down the prospect list, let's say I book 100 calls in a month. If I can bin 50% of them or let's say 75% of them who don't fit perfectly and now I can focus all of my energy on the 25, I just stand a better chance of working with better clients and closing people who actually want the thing. So uh, sales, sales leaders love you, marketers hate you. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's why I do all my marketing. <laughs> the only person I have to blame is myself. Um, yeah. So, and then I think the big thing for me that a, a lot of people don't do is like deep discovery, right? So, like most people ask very surface level questions that don't tend to actually answer any issues that they need answering. They're just asking questions for asking questions' sake. My so, biggest pet. 100%, right? If this, you need to ask yourself the question before you ask what question you may ask, which is how does this further the sale? What information do I gain as a result of asking this question that is going to move the sale in the direction that I want it to go, right? So yeah. for me, like big, like obvious questions, have you done this before? How familiar with you, how familiar are you with blank? Oh, I've never done this before ever. Okay, yeah. fine. Given wow. that you've never done this, how how assured are you that you can get to insert goal here with no concept of what goes on? Oh, I, I think we'd be able to figure it out, but it'd take us five times as long. Okay, fine. Then ultimately, is speed the goal here or is learning to do it yourself the goal here? No, speed is the goal. Okay, great. You went two or three levels down from a single question and you just dug deeper, right? Yes. If you say you ask a question and then you go, okay, cool. And then you ask a completely fucking separate question. You just wasted the and last on, minute and a half. On that same vein is like people get so excited to pitch like on the first question. Because if you ask something and they say like, yes, 
like, oh, um, do you think that email marketing is useful? Yes. Oh, perfect. Bam. Now I can talk about my email marketing. Yeah. Like that's my biggest pet peeve is not just asking questions, ask questions, but like Pitching not allowing, allowing, like taking the first little nibble when there's a whole steak, you know, like the iceberg, <laughs> right? Like the iceberg only shows this much, but there's so much beneath the surface. 100%. And you have to ask those second and third and fourth, fifth questions to get the whole iceberg. And then yeah. you can eat. Since selling is so easy once you identify the iceberg. 100%. And then post that, it's how do I make this pitch listenable, right? Yeah. Most people's pitches are like five or six minutes long. They're convoluted as shit. They take an age to get out something that is a semblance of use. And then they finish it with, okay, sound good. <laughs> and they're like, I guess, yeah, sure. They're like this. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah mine is best case yours is worst case right like yeah. it's it just doesn't go anywhere right and then that's where you get sales sure. yeah like in an ideal world anyone who gets trained by me their sales their pitch should be no less or no, sorry no more than 90 seconds yeah i'm gonna say two minutes max. yeah you can get a pitch out in two minutes you're gonna keep someone's attention right and then it's about being able to localize the pitch based on what you've heard and if you have a really clear understanding of the framework that you use to pitch, and then you can like sprinkle in little bits of, oh, and this would help with this that you mentioned. Fantastic, right? The prospect feels like you're talking directly to them and it's not a pre-rehearsed, pre-recorded spiel that you've been made to drill a thousand times. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. I'm a fan of that. I know we got a couple minutes here. What do you want to leave the listeners with for next week's stand-up sales call? Next week, stand-up sales. Uh, you're going to get grilled on on being able to handle objections. That's what's going to happen because we're going to do it this this week. Um, I don't know. I think I think we've 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 kind of like very slowly started to work our way into the intricacies of B two B, and there's still a lot of uncharted water. So maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll go and find some some inspiration from listening to some other people's podcasts. See what they talk about. See if we can. Yeah, but also I think we should make a. I think we should send some tweets out. Yeah. about like topics that people want to hear too. Hundred percent. Um, because I mean, we're here selling. We're doing the wrong sales tactics, right? We're just saying what we think people want to hear, where we should actually be. <laughs> Test the market. The, yeah, what the prospects want to hear. 100%. Um, not just the sound of our own voices, but um, awesome. I think that's a, a good episode of three. Yeah, um, yeah. look on the Twitter timeline for uh to ask your input, so we can talk about what you're interested in hearing, and we'll see you next week. Stand up sales episode three all done.